I'm Roxanne Serta, and I'm the acquisitions editor for CNT Publishing. I've been acquiring books for nearly 20 years, and the past seven of those have been here at CNT. Through my job, I get the privilege of meeting countless designers, authors, and industry professionals who all do amazing things with their creativity. I'll be bringing some of those quilting and stitching personalities to this podcast to share their amazing stories and insider information. Download the latest episodes and get to know great crafters, learn the backstories behind events and people, and hear funny stories from people living the crafty life. So thanks for joining me today for another episode of Behind the Seams. Today, I'm talking with Rose Parr. Rose is a tr- personal trainer, a nutritionist, and wears many more hats. Um, as a personal trainer specializing in older adults, she's worked with many arthritic individuals, and as a nutritionist, helped them choose foods to feel better. In the corporate world, she consulted with organizations to implement office ergonomics and taught staff to stretch at work. She's combined her studies in home economics with her certification in ergonomics, fitness, wellness, and nutrition to teach others how to sew smart. So Rose, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. Oh, thank you, Roxanne. This is going to be fun. Definitely. Um, So I wanted to start with asking you, like, how did you first get into the wellness field? Well, to be honest, I have absolutely zero hand-eye coordination. I can't, when people throw keys at me, my kids will throw my keys at me. I'll be like, don't be mean. Um, and so I could never play any sports. Like, you know, I tried, but, um, and so I discovered actually weightlifting when I was about 18. My, my last year of high school, I discovered weightlifting and it was for me, just my body type and everything about it. And, and, uh, really enjoyed that. So it became as a hobby as it does with, you know, most things that, uh, that we're passionate about. And then um, I um, went to uh, an agricultural college. It's a division of University of Guelph, um, an agricultural college. And there I studied, um, I actually took two diplomas at the same time. Uh, One was in um, home economics. And so we did, you know, pattern making, tailoring, uh, pattern and design, uh, very different than than quilting things, uh, but all of that. And then at the same time, I was taking a second uh, diploma in nutrition and risk management. A lot of the, because it was home ec, a lot of the classes overlapped. So it wasn't like two full courses. Um, And so that really got me going into um, the science behind nutrition and and that way. And it, it, um, as that worked. And then, you know, after that, I, I um, went, I came to Guelph and I went to University of Guelph and I met my husband and then everything sort of got put on hold for many of year. And, and uh, we, um, I, we had our, our family and, um, and then afterwards, I, when my kids were going back to school, I was like, okay, so what can I do where I can, you know, pick them up at lunch and all that sort of thing. So, um, and that was uh, 16, 17 years ago now, I um, became a certified uh, personal trainer. And my basement studio, which is now my long arm studio, but my basement studio for um, all the time my kids were in school up until just a couple of years ago, actually, they're like all in their 20s now, um, was personal training studio. And my clients would come here, they'd come to my home and everything would be set up and it worked, it worked really, really well. And uh, I had studied nutrition originally at college, but then later went back and um, was certified as a registered holistic nutritionist. And 
for, you know, we have different stages of our life all the time. And for, for quite a while, um, I was, you know, I was certified in Reiki and EFT and meditation. And then I must admit, I'm not really as in tune to those things right now as I was just because I don't know. Anyways, things, things change. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it just, it worked, it worked really well for, for my family. And then it just, I, I loved it and was really good at it and kept doing it. (laughs) Well, and so at what point did kind of the worlds merge where you were doing, where you brought that kind of knowledge to what was your hobby? So, uh, about three or four years ago, I started thinking, um, do I want to be a 90-year-old personal trainer? Like, do I want to be doing this forever? Because one thing, as much as I loved personal training, but I mean, if you want a week off, you've got to clear it with 20 people (laughs) and rebook them and, you know, and uh, so I bought a long arm and then actually for a couple of years, the long arm was in my my personal training studio in the basement and my clients would just walk past it and, you know, we would go on our thing. And basically my personal training clients were paying for my long arm at that point. And then, uh, excuse me, eventually I um, finished up with all of my personal training clients and then was just doing a long arm. But even as I was seeing clients, like, you know, a lot of them worked in offices, a lot of them had posture issues. And even though I specialized in in older adults, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it was, um, uh, we know, we, we all... My, my clients loved me because I'm not perfect. I could, I could always um, uh, know everything that they were going through uh, in that way. And, you know, we're all achy and, and, and sore. And a lot of them had different hobbies and, and quilted and everything. But really, I was looking at more of the ones that worked in offices. And a lot of the things that we do when we're sewing in that, it's exactly the same as when you're working in an office. When it comes terms to setting up your different heights and things, say, at your desk. But the, the bottom line was was two things. Number one, uh, my mom um, uh, stopped quilting really early um, just because she didn't, you know, she didn't do all the things that I'm telling these people to do now. And I always saw that as she really missed it. The other thing was uh, going to the guild meetings. And when it comes time for break, I mean, you sit at the, when you sit in a guild meeting and it's time for break and you see everybody stand up for their break. It's really, it's nobody's jumping out of their seat. Um, you know, a, a lot of us uh, turn to quilting um, later in life when we have a little bit more time or maybe we're semi-retired or, or maybe now, um, you know, our kids are grown and we have time. And, uh, and so we go from maybe being a little bit more active, whether it's running the kids around or doing different things or what have you, to we discover quilting all over again. And uh, then, you know, sitting is the new smoking. Let's put it that way. And uh, we're setting a lot. And so it just all kind of, it all kind of comes so nicely together. And then, yeah, just people in, in, in my guild and pe- even clients in that, they were like, you know, you're always telling me this stuff. You should, you should talk to the guilds about this. You should do this. And so I started doing that. Excellent. Well, and I think um, just making maybe today's episode a little more practical than usual, um, you know, so many people have been at home for so long at this point. <laughs> And there are actually so many more people spending time making um, because we have been at home and we've been making masks and that kind of thing. So I would imagine that at this point, there are lots of people who are starting to develop some new aches and pains. Can you tell people maybe what to look out for? I think one of the, one of the biggest clues and, and the first things that tells you you're doing something for too long and whether or not you're doing it incorrectly, you're definitely probably doing it too long, is that when you go to get up from your seated position, 
How are you getting up? How do you feel when you stand up? Are you stiff? Are you sore when you when you stand up? Um, when you when you stand up from whatever it is you've been doing, do you do you feel the need to stretch? Which is great, but are you standing there with your arms overhead, being like, "Oh wow, I needed that." Because I'm I'm happy that you're stretching, but that's a real sign that maybe you were doing that too long, or maybe a little not incorrectly because there's no right or wrong but there's there's sometimes there's better ways to do things uh that's one and and another one uh if we're looking more at you know chronic um inflammation is uh how do you feel when you wake up in the morning you know are you really stiff and sore um are you not only getting enough water but is the water actually moving around within your body because there is a difference you some sometimes you can you can you know drink all the water you want but it's not getting to the places that it needs to get and movement will help get that um to the fascia in in between uh the muscles and and the joints um and lubricate you or maybe you're not you know we can we can talk about different things in that area but that, that's what I look for. I, I look for how do you feel when you first stand up and how do you feel in the morning? That's a good one. Cause I, I, that wouldn't have been the answer I would have guessed. Um, so in terms of it, in your opinion, what's the biggest mistake people make when it comes to their crafting in terms of well-being that is? Well, you're going to have to buy the book to find that out. No. The, uh, um, to, you know what, to me, to be honest, and I say this all the time and people think it's a big joke because it sounds so funny. But I truly believe the biggest mistake that everyone makes is um, thinking they're only going to do it for a little while. Well, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to go downstairs. I'm just going to sew for a little while. Three hours later, they're done sewing. Nobody's, you know, they haven't had dinner. They don't care. They haven't whatever. And I really think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they don't treat it seriously. They don't look at it as something they're going to actually, maybe they just don't want to admit to themselves. I'm going to go and sit and sew for three hours, you know? Um, and um they, they, everybody kids themselves into thinking, oh, I'm just going to do a couple blocks. I'm just going to cut the binding. Well, then I might as well sew the binding on. Well, then, you know, I might as well do this. And it just, I mean, quilting is it's pieces by pieces. That's what it is, right? We, we build on it and we love doing it. So we keep doing it. Uh, and, you know, I always think about one of the things that I, I mentioned in my talks, um, and I, it might be in the book as well. I'm not sure, but you know, you would not get in your car and drive to the end of the driveway without adjusting the seat. You just wouldn't do it. Even if it's kind of okay, you would give it that little bit because you know exactly where you want it. Yet you will sit down at your sewing machine for 12 hours and not adjust it to exactly where it's perfect for you because you don't think you're going to be there for 12 hours. You think you're going to be there for 20 minutes. And it's, it's better for those of us that are lucky enough to have a designated sewing area um, but the, some of the biggest concerns are when you're, you know, you're plopping that machine up and down on the kitchen table, back and forth. Um, that's where so many problems start because again, oh, I'm just in a hurry. I'm just going to do this quick. Where all it would take is to put a cushion on your chair and your life would be so much better, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's where you started out in your book. Um, you, you kind of kick off the whole conversation and I guess we should, back up and say, um, can you, can you share like your book and what the book topic is? Um, yes. Uh, so the book is called so healthy and happy, smart ergonomic stretches and more for makers. And it, it looks at every area. Um, and I, if I was smart, I would have the table and contents here in front of me to go through them with you. But basically it looks at, you know, um, 
um, every area that affects us in our, not just our sewing, but it, it can be transferred to many different, you know, scrapbooking, whatever, um, in terms of, first of all, the ergonomics and why should we do the things that we want to do? And ergonomics is a big word that just means doing something comfortably and efficiently. And that's all it means. Um, and luckily for us, um, there's been so much research done over the years for uh, industry, for manufacturers, for, for textile industry and every other car manufacturing um, that tells people the best heights to do things. They certainly didn't do it for us, um, but we can we can look at it for that. And all of the information that I present, whether it be in the book or whether it be in my guild talks, um, none of it has anything to do with what worked for me uh, because that doesn't mean anything to anyone else. Uh, and so it, it is all, it is all, um, uh, quantifiable research driven. Um, and then of course it's, you know, I've also put it to practical use and in that way, of course. Um, and so the book, the book looks at that, but then it, you know, it looks at more than just the, I like to divide it up and to think about in terms of, okay, what are the, um, elements of good ergonomics and how do we apply those to the sewing area, the cutting area, the pressing area? Um, and you know, it's people, it's kind of funny. People think about, Oh, the, the pressing area, you'd be amazed how many like, people who have been sewing for, you know, 40 years will email me after a talk or something like that and say, you know, I moved my ironing board an inch and I can't believe the difference. And they've sewn for 50 years, but they just never really, they never, cause again, they're just going to do it real quick. They're not really thinking about it in those terms until they actually think about it. Um, and so it looks at, it looks at that. It looks at lighting. Um, and then of course it looks at, um, stretches and it, there's a couple of recipes in there, but it's more of a broad terms in terms of, um, how to eat for, um, to fight inflammation, um, and things like that. So it has a little bit of everything. <laughs> Excellent. And then, um, so, you know, just, you mentioned ergonomics and talked about it a little bit. And I think when people hear that word, um, generally the first thing they think of is like, you know, your table height, like in your arm angle, um, if that's kind of their depth of knowledge, what are they missing? So first of all, I mean, that's great information. And one thing that's um, really great for people that are on social media, um, if they follow the hashtag ergonomics, um, is, is there's constantly somebody on there showing their new desk setup at home because everybody's working from home now. And that's great. Uh, what I, what I, I think part of the issue with that is that people know that um, and they look perhaps at they think they they think they're judging the right area, but maybe they're not testing it. Like they're they're sort of going, okay, I think it's supposed to be this way. I'm going to do it this way without standing back and saying, okay, but is this the perfect way for me? Um, and and I talk about a lot about our baseline uh, ergonomic angle because you know we all say 90. 90 is like saying Kleenex, and it's like saying Zoom. We all say the 90 degree ergonomic angle, but it isn't always 90. Uh, and that's the thing you don't really know until you get set up. Um, it's almost never less than 90, but quite often it could be 95. It could be a hundred. It could be that little bit more. Um, and so, so that's the thing is that, you know, sometimes a little bit of knowledge is dangerous. And so again, people are like, oh, it's going to be this 90 and it's going to be this. And I saw this in that way, but they don't, almost don't trust their own judgment enough when they're doing it to go but this hurts, this can't be right, but it says it's right. And so that's why you really, you want to, um, it's not cookie cutter. You really need to personalize it for you. Um, and in every area, the cutting area, the pressing area and the sewing area, 
you start with a certain number and then I go through how you uh, personalize it for that station for you. Excellent. Well, and so for somebody who is, so we're going to have a lot of people who are maybe thinking about this and go, oh yeah, well, maybe that would help me. Um, so if you could tell those people um, who, who are doing a little bit of sewing and quilting each day and they would just implement one change to their setup, what would you tell them? Well, I, I mean, the easiest one to say is, is take breaks, but again, people get into the middle of something and, you know, I can say it to the, I'm blue in the face, but um, you know, we've all been there where we just want to keep going. Um, the, the one thing I guess I would say, because you can do it in any area where you're working, whether it's in the sewing room or wherever it is, is um, uh, what I like to call um, spontaneous stretching. And what that means is that uh, whether you're sitting back just to think, you know, do I have enough room on that bobbin or, or not? Put your hands behind your head, lean back, stretch your chest. Um, whether you're standing at the ironing board and uh, you go over to it and it's cooled down again. And so you're putting it back, flipping it back and forth to get it hot again. You know, it, put your hands against the ironing board and step back and do a big calf stretch against that ironing board. And so that you're... Um, um, the stretchers in the book, you know, you're quite welcome to take them all together, do them all in the morning, do them all at night. That's all great. Uh, but what I really want people to do is to just do them all day long, constantly in between all of their things. So I guess that's the one change everybody can make, no matter what their craft is, um, that every time they pause, every time they stop and think about what they're going to do or what have you. Uh, I mean, you can stretch while your bobbin is loading. You've got your foot on the pedal and whatever, you know, uh, that's, that, that is key. That is key. Excellent. Well, and you and I talked about this a lot when you, we were first talking about, you know, what would go in the book and, and how it'd be handled. And I just want to make sure we share with the people who are listening, like, um, a lot of the stretches in your book, which, you know, some people who don't do a lot of exercise or haven't for a while can maybe feel intimidated. A lot of the stretches in your book are done while seated. Can you share why that is? Uh, because I want them to do it right at their sewing machine. Uh, and I, you know, I coined the term stretches for quilters uh, because none of these stretches require you to get on the floor. And that's the thing. Uh, you know, any, any picture you see of my sewing, my sewing room online um, uh, doesn't have all the threads and all the needles and everything else on the floor that are normally there. And, um, and that's the big thing. Nobody wants to get down on the floor in their sewing room. And, and it, it, they don't, I mean, and I mean, I've trained enough people. I trained a lot of people over the years that were waiting for hips and knees to be replaced or, you know, looking to lose a few extra pounds or what have you. It's not easy for everyone to get up and down off the floor. Like it really isn't. And if you've got to really stop and think about, well, I want to do that, but I know when I go to get up, it's going to hurt my knee when I come over on my knee, then you're not going to do it. And so any, pretty much any stretch that's in the book that you see seated, you can also do standing. Absolutely. Um, and uh, a few of them are, you can only do standing, but you can still do them standing right at your sewing machine or your cutting table or your, or your uh, ironing board. But yeah, that, that's why is I want it to just be, I just want it to feel natural. I just don't want you to even, uh, once you learn the stretch and you know that you're doing it properly, then I just want it to be like, Actually, what I really want is once you learn the stretch and you have it properly, I want you to add a second stretch to it. But that's a, that's a, um, <laughs> but you got to learn the first one first. Excellent. Um, and another thing that you really stress in the book and, um, you know, and when we were talking about 
the book is you stress coupling physical changes, um, be that you're set up or, or doing stretches and exercise um, with nutrition. So why do you feel that is important? Uh the the nutrition aspect of it and and um you know i don't i don't ever talk you know in the book or in any of my talks or anything like that about um um exercise and exercise per se i would talk more about activity um and i never i never discuss um anybody's um whether they want to gain weight or lose weight or anything like that they want to do because they have other resources for that um and that is something that um they're not, they're not coming to me for, for in this case, I mean, they may, you know, in another world, being a nutritionist or what have you. Um, so everything that I'm looking at in, in the book and in my talks, it's about inflammation. It's about getting the joints lubricated and moving. And so the um, uh, nutrition aspect, the part that's in the book, it doesn't even talk about uh, all the parts to nutrition that should be in a nutrition book, let's say. Uh, it only focuses on the healthy fats and hydration and things like that for joint health. This is all about everything in my world is about being pain-free, staying pain-free, trying to be pain-free, trying to still be quilting and sewing when we're 100 years old. Um, that No, that really is. It really is. That is my goal. Um, and if I make it to 90, great. That's fine. You know, uh, I mean, I will make it past 90, but I mean, quilting 90. Um, and so, yeah, it that the nutrition part is is all I mean, you can go deeper, you can go farther into, you know, watch your sugar and all these types of things that all helps a lot with inflammation. But again, I don't want to be lecturing to anybody um, about their choices, let's just say as to what they shouldn't do or something like that. I just want to be help them make choices that can uh, make them more pain-free um, and uh, not be afraid of fat. That's, that's the big thing is to not be afraid of the healthy fats. Excellent. And um, what do you think? And, and, and I think you shared actually a lot of this just now. So this, this might be a little bit on the redundant side, but um, if somebody is kind of feeling the, the aches and the pains and um, they're looking to kind of maybe start towards being pain-free, what do you think the single most important change they could make would be? Uh, movement. They just have to move. Uh, and, and whether it's, you know, a walk around the block or, or whatever it's going to be, whether they want to, you know, put on a yoga DVD or a, um, a jazzercise DVD, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, or, you know, if, if they just want to clean their house and, and just move around or whatever it is, because the one thing about, um, um, uh, aches and pains uh, is blood flow. It's all about increasing our circulation, increasing our blood flow not even so much increasing it, but not decreasing it and not interfering with it. So every time we sit at a at a our sewing table and we've got a chair where say the, the front of the chair is right up against the back of our knees, we're disrupting circulation in our legs. And when we go to stand up from there, we're going to be far more achy and sore than we would have been if there was that little gap between um, the chair and the knees, like little things like that. Uh, and so we want to, we want to focus on, keeping everything again, lubricated and, and blood flow. And one thing um, uh, that even if you have, even if you have a sore neck one day or something, you may find that even just going for a, you know, a, a, a walk around the block, hey, all of a sudden your neck feels better. What's that about? Well, it's because you've gotten more blood flow to the area. It's as simple as that. And, and, uh, and everything through, through your body that way. I don't, know if, I don't know if that answered your question or not. 
It does. Move it. Exactly. Move it or lose it. And the other big thing is just to remember that motion is lotion. If you could think of nothing else, motion is lotion. So every time you squeeze your hands, you know, you're bringing lotion to your knuckles. Every time you roll your shoulders, you're, you're bringing um, lotion there. So. Excellent. Yeah. It's a, you'll, you'll feel better if I'm taking a walk as soon as we're done with this. <laughs> Um, well, and I'm sure everybody's a little bit curious. You mentioned your long arm, so we know you quilt. Um, what are all of the crafts that you do personally? Um, over the years, I've done just about, you know, everything like so many people. I mean, I, I grew up, um, with, um, I'm always, whenever I speak to the American guilds and nobody ever answers, cause it's always during my talk, but you guys have 4-H, right? We do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up doing all the units in, in 4-H and then of course I took home ec. I mean, at one point I wanted to be a home ec teacher. I mean, that was what I, what I wanted to do. And then it just didn't work out that way. And um, so, so I've, I've done, I've done lots. I used to do a lot of, of clothing. Uh, I mean, my mom was a quilter, so I never really had to make quilts, you know, and, you know, my, when my kids were young or when we switched colors in a room or something, it's like, okay, I need a green quilt. I need a whatever. And um, I made my first quilt. It was about 40 years ago, um, but I made one and promptly gave it to somebody that was having a baby or something. And then um, might have made one for one of my own kids. But really, again, my mom was making them all. And, um, so during that time I was doing a lot of clothing. I sewed a lot of clothing for my children. I, I really did. And when I look back now, because I, we had, um, uh, when I had a three year old, when my oldest son was three and a half, my daughter was a year and a half and I brought home twins. So we were an illegal daycare. That's our, we always joke. That's our big claim to fame is in Ontario. You are not allowed to have four children under the age of four in a daycare. So that was our big joke is that we ran an illegal daycare. And um, so, yeah, when I think back now, I don't know how I had the time, but I made them a lot of, a lot of clothing, curtains for their rooms and all that kind of stuff. Um, did a lot of dressmaking for myself when I was younger. And again, at college, I studied tailoring, dressmaking, pattern making, and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and along the way, I did a little bit of stained glass, which, oh my God, I'm so terrible at. Like I made one window and I had taken the class with my mother-in-law. I made one window and then just gave her all my stuff. I'm like, here you go. You carry on and make me something because no, I was really bad at that. Um, my dad taught me to knit at the kitchen table with two pencils and some yarn, I think that had been laying around from my mom. Um, that didn't take because I found I don't know. My hands were always dirty and the stuff was dirty and it was really tight and that just didn't, and I couldn't pearl for the life of me. Um, and so that didn't take, um, the, the embroidery in that, um, I did in 4-H then it was like, eh, I, I like big things that are done relatively quickly. Um, and I like, I really like very serviceable things. Um, you know, I, I made a few wall hangings and things like that, but I would rather make a bed quilt or, or a comfort quilt, even for charity or for the couch or something, far more than I would make of an embroidered wall hanging or something, uh, you know. So anyways, um, so yeah, so so my favorite is sewing. It's always been sewing, just in different degrees. Gotcha. Well, and so because this is kind of a fun one, um, so when you are sewing and quilting, um, what's the mistake you find yourself making most often? <laughs> Sorry, I, you're, you're cutting out. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, um, abs, yeah, abs, my, my biggest mistake, to be honest, is staying up till 3 a.m. 
And I can, you know, I really, I, I am a sucker for that. Um, and that is when I talk about people saying they're only going to be a little bit, I never say that because I know that I will never be a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, I, my, I guess my biggest mistake is not stopping after dinner or, or stopping, you know, at a decent time. And one thing is in my studio, I have really, really bright, bright lights, which, and I talk about this in the book as well. I just don't listen to my own advice. Um, they really mess up your, your uh, circadian rhythm and they really mess up your production of melatonin and all those types of things. And uh, so, yeah, when I, when I force myself to go to sleep, it's because I know like I forced myself to go to sleep because I could, I could do it forever. So yeah, that is definitely my biggest mistake is, is staying up way too late. Um, a natural path. And I definitely have this in the book because a natural path told me one time that, you know, when you see them and they give you like a little list of things to do when you're leaving or something. And she said, go to bed on the same day that it is. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> um, so anyways, I try, I really, I try, but. That's, that's an interesting piece of advice and a way to phrase it that I wouldn't have thought of. That's very exactly. Um, well, and so can you tell me a little bit about what you're up to now? So as you know, I've got this book coming out and uh, very, very, very excited about it. It, uh, you know, the, everybody's like, oh, you wrote a book. And I'm like, well, you know, once I had all my my PowerPoint done for the guilds and everything. The one thing about speaking to guilds, I mean, you only have 45 minutes or an hour or what have you. Um, and I spoke at Festival of Quilts last year, which is just the biggest, two years ago, I guess now, um, the biggest feather in my cap. And, um, but there's just not enough time and there's not enough information that you can say in any of those. And I just had so much more to share. Like it, it was almost like, Every when you're talking during a lecture and that everything you're saying is kind of almost a tease. And I'm quite often saying, well, go to my website. And it's not just like I'm making you go to my website. It's like there is a whole blog post on that on the website, you know, that way. And um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of like um, I approached CNT to see if they'd be interested. And um, luckily, um, someone there said yes. <laughs> and um, so then it, it was then it was just like, OK, this is great now. Now I can really sink into this and put the real meat and potatoes into everything. And then it really helps people to understand why they're doing it. I mean, rather than just saying, oh, someone told me to do it this way, it really helps people understand, oh, I see. Every time something's too high for me, every single time uh, I have to reach up, automatically my shoulder comes up. And every time my shoulder comes up, I get tight and I get pinched and I get sore and I get stiff and I get a headache. Right. And so and, and so once people can understand that, when you can go into it in, in more depth, um, then that's great. So with the book coming out, um, I always joke because uh, when you sign a contract with CNT Publishing to publish a book, uh, they give you a checklist. And on the checklist, it says all the things are I think you're supposed to pick three things that you would do to um, promote your book. And, you know, I was supposed to be speaking at Quilt Canada this year. I still am, but it, it's not in person. So I was going to be signing books there, you know, um, or go to a show or you do a podcast, do a podcast or whatever, right? Uh, and so I um, checked every single box. There was, I don't know how many there were. I checked them all. I'll do it all, except for one. There was only one I did not check. And that was Quilt Along. Because why would I do a quilt along? There's no quilt patterns in this book. It's not a quilting book, you know. Um, and then uh, the 
I don't know how, how long a story you want for this. I'll try to, I'll try to slice it up, but I'll try not to cry when I talk about it, frankly. Um, so I wanted to make a quilt for myself that would commemorate because in the, in the book, um, I'm very fortunate to have 18 people offer little tips and tricks. Um, and I call them my tipsters and, um, three of them are from the health and wellness field. They're very highly respected, um, um, fitness professionals, doctors in Canadian, um, that way. And then the other 15 are, um, quilters and crafters. And, um, so, and, and, and they range from some of them gave tips in line with their specialty, um, like Joe Avery um, gave tips, I believe, in in hand stitching and hand applique because Joe is so well known for. Besides her modern work, her hand applique is just is you know is is great. Um, Susie Williams gave tips on uh, from Susie Quilts. Um, she has a standing desk uh, that she uses for sewing, and it's actually I have her permission. I've used it in my slide presentation for years, and so she gave tips on using that. And so some of them are geared towards a specific area. Some of them are very general. Uh, like Brigitte Heitland talks about how she likes to um, listen to audiobooks when she's doing things and things like that. And um, so, anyways, Jenny Don says don't eat Cheetos while you're quilting unless you're doing using orange fabric, which is probably one of the fav my favorite quilts quotes <laughs> in the whole book. So anyways, I wanted something from each one of my tipsters to, um, you know, look back on and go, oh, here's my quilt. I don't know. The next thing you know, my brain just started going and I came up with this quilt that I'm so proud of. Um, and now it's, it's morphed into like a huge uh, sew along on, um, Facebook. There's already 200 people signed up and it doesn't start till April. There's a thousand dollars in prizes. It's just really huge. And so what I did was, um, uh, and I, and I just made a video about this the other day, which I will try to send to CNT or get up on my website because it, well, it just goes into it. I found all the time, whenever I talked about it, it was just taking too long. So I made a video. Um, but what it's, it's called so grateful for 2021 and when I named it that in November, like this just all came to me, like, you know, I do everything. It's like, oh, I'll just do this. Right. And so I really, it just all sort of came to me, you know, late November, early December. Um, and so grateful for 2021 uh, reflects on the things that we missed in 2020 that we couldn't do something as simple as a hug. And so of course there's a hug block in there from Krista Watson, you know, um, and then it looks at things that we want to do. And of course, we all want to fly again. Uh, I mean, I think in the States, you guys can go between states of that. In Canada, like nobody's going anywhere, you know. And uh, so, of course, there's flying geese in there from Majid Heitland. Uh, there's a Missouri star, of course. Like there's, you know, there's um, um, a paper piece, uh, a foundation paper piece from Sarah Ashford. Um, and so a lot of these blocks um, are already on these people's websites. They already have a YouTube thing, uh, which is why the so long is free because I can't charge you for a pattern I didn't write, you know? Um, and so, but a lot of them, you still, you have to look at the Facebook group and that because like, for example, Sarah Ashford's block is a 12 inch block, not a 12 and a half inch block. So in order for it to work in the quilt, there's just slight modifications. And, and same with Susie um, quilts. Uh, Susie Williams has a great uh, little house block on her site, but there's slight modifications to work with the sizings. And so what's going to happen with the so long is that um, people will go to, if it's there, they will go to, so for example, excuse me, um, Susie Williams, um, they will go to her website for her little houses quilt pattern. 
uh, that way. There will be a slight modification because her bottom rectangle is three and a half by six and a half, and it needs to be three and a half by seven to work out. But it's just, that's it. Aside from that, you're looking at her pattern. Um, and um, the, I'm just going to see who else I have here. The uh, Missouri star, Jenny Doan has the most unique way of making a Missouri star, uh, but you've got to see her YouTube to do it. I'm not going to give you the pattern. You've got to see her YouTube. She does sell the pattern as well. Um, but I will give you the, um, fabric requirements because hers is done like in, much larger than the 12 inch block. So what I want is everybody that is um, participating, ideally they're going to be going to the designers um, either at YouTube or website or something to get the information. Uh, some of the blocks I filled in here and there and helped some people out that didn't quite have done what they quite wanted done. And uh, those will be on uh, my website, but uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really, really nice quilt. I'm not a sampler fan. First of all, I've, I've, I've probably signed up for quilt alongs before. I've never once really did any of them. I just like to sign <laughs> up for them because I'm an easy sell. Um, ask Joe Avery, ask Melissa Marginette. <laughs> um, and, um, and I've never done a sampler. I'm not a fan of sampler quilts. I'm a, I'm a quite a traditional quiltist, really. Uh, I don't necessarily use a pattern, but I just pick a block I like and then keep repeating it. Um, and so this is a little bit outside of my comfort zone as well. But it just, it came together really, really nicely. It's got a really good message. Um, and um, the tricky part now is that four of my tipsters have their own fabric lines. And so I am nothing if not Canadian with a capital C. So I couldn't just pick one. I couldn't hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> so I'm making four sample quilts. Um, and so one is with Stuart Heitland's Kyoto. Uh, one is with um, uh, Krista Watson's Good Vibes uh, fabric. Uh, one is with Brigitte Heitland's latest uh, quotation. One is with uh, Sarah Ashford's uh, Back to Basics, a great British quilter. And so, yeah, so keeping me pretty busy, let me tell you. And um, so once, so a couple of them are, are, one is almost done and a couple are on their way and they'll all be loaded and everything because it is nicer to see a real quilt to know if you want to make things or not. And it's the nicest to see a quilt when it's pieced, it's quilted and it's washed. And then you look at that and go, oh, I like that. I want to make that quilt. You know, seeing just a big flat quilt is kind of like, eh, I'm not quite so sure. Um, but I will say that my son was home for a few days at, well, for uh, uh, two weeks, because I got to do two weeks in Canada, um, two weeks at Christmas. And he just started sewing during lockdown uh, when he was stuck with me last uh, March. Um, and he made his quilt. Uh, he is, um, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's an artist, whether he wants to admit it or not. And so he was all about Gustav Klimt, who I've never even heard of before. And so this I'm told, and he tells me is, is this, that the, his quilt is very that inspired with his colorings and the richness and things like that. Northcott actually did a fabric line in it, which is where I looked it up, got it. Um, and so he made his entire quilt, except for the outside sashing from boxing day to New Year's Eve. Wow. I mean, his, his, uh, um, so in this quilt, there is a, um, 
there's two foundation paper piece blocks. One is Sarah Ashford's. And here's, this, here's this, I will say, quite simple because it's fairly, it's all straight and you line them up and you really can't go wrong. The other one is a little New York beauty, which we all know can be tricky, right? Um, and then there's a drunkard's path. He did his drunkard's path with no pins. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, it's like, yeah. Um, so if he can do it, anyone can do it. Excellent. And so for those for, for people who are interested either in learning more about just what you do and the information you have to share uh, or your book or the quilt along, what's the best place for them to go? You know, you can sort of find everything at healthyquilting.com. And then um, I have, uh, you know, Instagram is just healthy quilting and Facebook, I think is healthy quilting with Rose Parr or something. Uh, my Instagram and my Facebook are pretty much identical. And so whichever one you're into, you're not going to miss anything on the other one. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I've made some kind of actually kind of funny videos, if you ask me, but I'm trying. And the form on them is perfect. I will say that the form on them is perfect. <laughs> um, and but really, my website, you can you can find just about everything there um, branching off somewhere. Excellent. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for taking all this time to share um, all about your quilt along and all about how we can maybe try to stay a little bit more pain-free while we're doing our quilting and sewing. A lot more, not just a little more, a lot more. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. You've had me pulling my shoulders back through the whole thing. Oh, I know you've been doing that on your own. <laughs> you've got a convert. How about that? <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Rose. Okay. Thank you. This is Roxy Serta. Thanks for listening to Behind the Scenes. Want to know more about our outstanding group of authors and their books? Visit us online at CT Publishing on Instagram, Twitter, our CNT Publishing channel on YouTube, or on our website at ctpub.com.